0: When it comes to branding, most of us immediately think about a company's logo, tagline, or colors, or perhaps the products or services that are offered. But how often do you think about the sound a brand makes? Does that even make sense?
1: You use audio to make an emotional connection. And we don't buy things based on logic. We buy based on emotion. (laughs) So that's why it's so important in advertising and in marketing and in just about everything you put out there.
0: Think about the brands that you know and love the chances are when you think for a little bit longer you'll start to make that sound connection perhaps it's a tagline delivered in the form of a jingle or it's a logo that appears with a distinctive sound but often the connection we make is a voice even after years of engaging with that brand a voice can make all the difference
1: you can know someone on social media for years and follow their posts and read about them and exchange messages. But the minute that you have an actual voice conversation with them, you get to know that person so much better than you ever did in those many years following them on social media.
0: That's my guest this week, Jodi Krangle. She's been a voice actor since 2007 and has worked with major brands all over the world, including Dell and Kraft and many others. And over the years, she's learned a lot about how sound influences people.
1: It reaches us on such an emotional level. So I think that brands who are considering how they can make a deeper connection with their clients or their potential clients or their audience, they need to consider how we emotionally respond to stimuli. And audio is one of those things that just cuts through everything.
0: After the break, we're going to dive in to find out more about the importance of audio branding. And when it comes to your personal brand, how it can influence how you are perceived and help you stand out from others who appear to say or appear to do what you do, but they don't say it in the way that you do. This is REI Branded, the podcast all about building your real estate investing personal brand. My name is Paul Cocker and my mission is to help you, the busy real estate investor, stand out from the crowd so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. Meaning that you can build a successful real estate investing business without feeling inauthentic, overwhelmed with marketing, or spending all day doing it. Because marketing is how you get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. But before we begin, if you're a real estate investor looking to build your business and stand out from the crowd, and you don't want to wait for all the knowledge, strategies, and how-tos to be slowly delivered to you via this podcast every week, then I invite you to apply for the REI Branded Audit. That's the process I've created that has already helped dozens of real estate investors to define and develop their personal brands and build their real estate investing businesses. This audit is a mind-focusing, eye-opening insight addressing key questions like, is your message clear and consistent? Do you stand out as being different? Are you on people's radars and inspiring them enough to reach out and want to know more? The application only takes a few minutes and the link is in the show notes. After you apply, if it seems like I can help, we'll set up an initial conversation to explain the audit in more detail and answer any questions you have. So if you're a real estate investor who's committed to building your personal brand and business this year, then I invite you to apply for the REI Branded Audit. Now back to the show. So what is audio branding? Let's break that down a little bit. Tell us what it is.
1: Okay. That is a very good question. And I do actually have a definition. So the definition that I use is the one from the International Sound Awards, which are in Berlin, I believe, or they're they're in. Hamburg, Berlin, somewhere in there. It's a European award that is worldwide. They take examples from all over the world and they give out sound awards every year for innovation in the use of sound. And it's really, really interesting. So if anyone's interested in finding out who the winners were and you can see what the really innovative projects were, go to the International Sound Awards or look that up on Google. (laughs) because there's no one else. <laughs> and I look that up, but they define it as a brand sound that represents the identity and values of a brand in a distinctive manner. The audio logo, branded functional sounds, so like your GE kettle when it's done brewing, you know, those kinds of sounds, the fridge when it's open or whatever. Brand music or brand voice, voiceovers can also be a part of that are characteristic elements of audio branding.
0: So- Why do you feel audio branding is so important?
1: It reaches us on such an emotional level. So I think that brands who are considering how they can make a deeper connection with their clients or their potential clients or their audience, they need to consider how we emotionally respond to stimuli. And audio is one of those things that just cuts through everything. It's also something that can fit into all the little in-between spaces in our lives right now, because we're very busy and our attention is in various different places at all times. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And yet audio can fill in all those little spaces. So you can listen to something while you're driving to work. You can listen to something while you're on the subway. You can listen to something while you're doing the dishes, or you can listen while you're doing the laundry, all of these other things. You can do so. You're multitasking, but you're still hearing, and subliminally, this can still make an impression on you. You know whether or not you're paying full attention to it. You know it can fit into those in between spaces, and it's it's actually um, it's become a really interesting study for me as well because I've had various people on my podcast about this, and one of them was a fellow named Dr. Terry Fisher. Dr. Terry Fisher talked a lot about his tagline, which is voice is my OS. So voice is my original operating system, right? Voice is my operating system. And it's a good point to make because he's both a physician and a technologist. So he's really interested in where these two things meet. And one of the things that he talked about on my podcast that I found particularly fascinating is the progression of our technology. So when we first started technology and computers and all of that, we had to type at a keyboard. Mm -hmm. And then we got to the point where we could swipe on a screen. Now we can operate things by our OS, which is our voice. So the computers are now getting to a point where they're getting to our level and understanding how we operate rather than the other way around.
0: (laughs) So you're talking about things like Siri or Google Voice? or.
1: All yeah. sorts of different things like that. And it's only going to get broader. There's only going to be more. I mean, you'll, you'll hear voice activation in your fridge. You'll hear it in, you know, all sorts of different places. The smart home is becoming a, a huge thing, uh, has been a huge thing for quite some time. So, yeah, these things are, they're only going to get broader and more expansive. And it's going to expand into various parts of our lives that we didn't expect it to, including medical so healthcare is starting to use this a lot. And they're using it in figuring out the meta tags in your voice, the, the, the meta things that they can discern from the tone of your voice or the way you're speaking or the breath in your voice or all of these things. They're all, I call them meta tags because I'm an HTML person right. <laughs> from way back. Like that's just so, my so, default.
0: So you're saying you go to the doctor's office and you talk through wh- how you're feeling.
1: Actually, you don't even have to go to the doctor's office. Like the thing is, this can all be done virtually. That's what's so cool about all this. So your virtual assistant and Terry outlined this as well, and it was really fascinating, your virtual assistant in your home can ask you how you're feeling in the morning and depending on how you answer, it will ask you to list your symptoms and then it will tell you, okay, I think you might have strep throat. Let's do this test and it'll send you the test automatically. So you can do the test at home. And then if it's positive, the virtual assistant tells you, oh, okay, let's get you this prescription for this. And you know, all of this, and I'm assuming that it would happen through your physician or uh, who knows, it may happen through the local clinic, you don't know. But there's also things that that audio recording, that sound of your voice can tell about your health. Just in how you are doing, like it might be able to discern if you have COVID by the sound of your voice. Right. And like. these are things that they're working on developing. So there's all sorts of of ways that we're starting to use sound, not just for advertising. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is a big thing, believe me, it's where I make my living, so I appreciate it. <laughs> right. But there are other things that it can be useful for.
0: Okay. So if we think about the audience listening to this, they're real estate investors. They're um, quite often looking for people to partner with, you know, looking for people to invest money with them to buy, you know, investment properties. So somebody that maybe doesn't want to get involved in the day-to-day running of a, a rental property, so they invest with an investor and split the the proceeds. What sort of things could a real estate investor be using voice for in, in their brand and how they brand themselves?
1: Well, it depends on if they want to be upfront or not. So if they're not upfront, then the only thing that I would say is be consistent in that sound. So the way that people understand advertising, marketing, is that consistent repetition really wins the day. So if you're going to put together some kind of audio for your brand, have every video that you put out there start with a certain sound or a certain little music piece. So this
0: is like the Intel chip has that ding ding or whatever?
1: It could totally be like that. Yeah, you could have a, a Sonic logo if you want to do that. Yeah, you could have an intro and an outro to each of your videos. It could have voiceover or not voiceover. It could just be a piece of music. It could just be a little tone. It could be anything really but be consistent between your videos and you're on hold. So think about the various touch points of your company and how those are sounding. Hmm. And, and consider how your sound relates to people who you are in a really short amount of time, because we get sound, humans get sound. They just understand it on this deeper level and it will give you an impression of who someone is on a really deep level very quickly. This is why clubhouse and Twitter spaces and all of these places are so potent right now, because you can know someone on social media for years and follow their posts and read about them and exchange messages. But the minute that you have an actual voice conversation with them, you get to know that person so much better. Than you ever did in those many years following them on
0: social media, <laughs> and is that because the voice you—it's harder for you to put forward something that's not not real. I mean, it's something like Instagram—you're putting up pictures that could yeah, be yeah. that could be your sports car. It may not be, or sure, yeah, <laughs> as an example. Whereas yeah. with the voice, it's that it's straight as you say that deeper level emotional connection straight away.
1: There is something about authenticity, yeah. Mm. Definitely. Um, If there was a word for this whole, like, COVID era, it would be authentic. (laughs) Right. Right. Because uh, you think about it, everyone went from being in the office and doing all this outside stuff and, you know, being everywhere and meeting a whole bunch of people and traveling and all of that to almost nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Everything ground to a halt. And everyone had to figure out how to virtually connect with people when you're not actually in person with them. And the way that we figured out how to do that was audio. Mm. It it wasn't really the video, if you think about it. Because we all kind of went back to that space and went, well, I don't want to put on pants today. (laughs) (laughs) Like, didn't we all kind of figure out what was really important and what wasn't? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So... That kind of thing is easier to do authentically with your voice than it is to get made up to be on a video or to get made up to take a picture or to go to a conference or whatever. Right. Your voice is that on the authentic part of you that maybe you could put on. I mean, voice actors do that all the time. But if you really want to make a deep connection with someone, are you going to put it on? I mean... <laughs>
0: Well, I always say with personal branding, if you do present a false image of any type, be that audio or or visual, you have to turn up every day like that. And that becomes very stressful and very tiring very quickly. Yeah,
1: You can't just tell them and then disappear and think they're going to just not pop up again (laughs) because they will. (laughs) So yeah, being authentic is really super important. And, And I do feel that the audio that you present makes that a much deeper connection and allows people to get to know you better.
0: Hmm. For the non-professional who's using audio and mm-hmm. they've maybe written their own script or they have a script, mm-hmm. is that why often you can listen to something, oh, that's scripted? Mm. Yeah, Which is what when, you're, you're not trying to achieve that. Either, yes, but-
1: exactly. Yeah. Well, a, a lot of that has to do with you sounding like you're reading. <laughs> okay. So, I mean- If you take this a step back, it's not just about connecting with the copy. It's also about being able to read the copy and repeat it quick enough or with regular pauses like you would be in actually speaking with someone to make it sound like it's real. Because Mm -hmm. if you're reading and it sounds like you're reading, then it's really hard for someone to understand the intent behind what you're speaking. They're focusing on the bad stuff. It's like any audio. You're not going to really notice it unless it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it kind of works out, right?
0: True. There was an interesting thing on your website that I came across, was, and you can explain, is did you know that, or the question was, did you know that you can influence what you taste by what you hear? So I'm thinking, not thinking necessarily a real estate investor, but I mean, something like a, <laughs> chef, a chef. Uh-huh. I guess, could influence. Is that what you're suggesting?
1: It has to do with actually how we experience different flavor, I don't know what you'd call them, like uh, sections of our experience, I guess. And this was from Steve Keller, who is the sonic strategy director for SiriusXM and all of their properties. And he was on my podcast very early on, actually, and blew my mind for that (laughs) whole hour long and he was talking about a, something that Studio Resonate did, which is the ad agency that is associated with SiriusXM and Pandora and all of that. And they did a, and I'm going to say in the before times, <laughs> <laughs> they did a promotion for a Gatorade like drink called Propel. And Propel, this is in the US, Propel had DJ stations set up and they had the drink at these DJ stations, you could listen to something in your ears, you could dial in how much sweet or salty you wanted, cause this is like a electrolyte drink, on an iPad while you're listening to something and take a drink of this this drink and it would actually change what you experienced the taste to be. And wow, yeah, it it was fascinating. And I think that they've done this with, I want to say Beck, um, mm-hmm. a beer in Europe went and did this with a DJ playing certain sounds, music, I'm not sure exactly what it was. But they were trying to let people decide how much bitter they wanted in their beer. Right. And it actually changed the taste that people were experiencing. Just by so, listening. Wow. Yeah, I, I would call them, I think Steve called them flavor profiles. So we have different archetypes of our flavor profiles. So like sweet, salty, bitter, sour, hot, you know, like spicy, right? Like these kinds of things, I'm, I may be misnaming them, but the basics. And these can be influenced by what we hear because our brain works in, like it works together. All of our senses work together in our brain. We're not even quite sure how they all connect yet,
0: (laughs) right? But they do. (laughs) Right. When you're thinking about uh, doing sound and and maybe particularly voiceover, do you recommend the real estate investor uses their own voice for certain things, or is there a benefit to having a voiceover artist? Say, for example, a real estate investor is thinking about launching a podcast.
1: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: Let's take that as an example. Is it good to hire an, an intro outro professional or should it come from the, the host?
1: You know, I would think if your brand is you and you are a decent speaker and you're okay with having your voice being front and center on this, go for it. There's nothing right. wrong with that. If you want to promote something professionally and you don't feel you can do it yourself, then yes, hire a professional. And you need to have an awareness of what you are capable of in order to make that decision.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When I was originally started this podcast, I was using a blue Yeti. Mm -hmm. And one of my guests was really kind of tuned into the podcast thing and audio and everything. And uh, he said, oh, your heating's just clicked on. What? (laughs) And he, yeah, the the blue Yeti was picking up everything. I yeah. didn't realize it's it's so, a I'm condenser
1: mic. Yeah, no. so the difference between condenser and dynamic is pretty substantial when you're talking about podcasting. When you're using this for voiceover, like this is a USB. I'm thinking it's a, you know, I think it's a condenser mic, but I'm not at all sure. It's called a Hyper X, and the reason I got it is because the color. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just easier to sit outside in my office as opposed to in the booth, which is not always the most comfortable place to be and looks like I'm enclosed and I have big, you know, Princess Leia headphones on my head. So (laughs) not the greatest atmosphere for a podcast interview on video. right? Right. (laughs) But in there, I have a condenser mic of Sennheiser 416, which is a shotgun mic. So it uh, picks up a lot, but at the same time, it's also very directional. And it's because of the shotgun manufacturing, like the way that they make those mics. So if you're using a condenser mic that is a large diaphragm condenser mic, it picks up everything, even right. if it's cardioid. Like so, So it sort of has a little less of the back and more of the front. And there's mm-hmm. like a tiny little bit of the sides, but it'll pick up everything. So if you don't have a treated room, don't use a condenser mic of any mm. kind.
0: And that's probably good advice for, for people thinking about using audio as part of their branding, is it, and, and maybe that leads to a question before we get, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> how much, how much should you spend on mm-hmm. the equipment to, uh, to, to get good audio?
1: It depends on what you're trying to do with it. If you're trying to do a podcast, you really don't have to spend all that much. There's a whole bunch of lists out there. I'm sure that tell you which microphones would do really well for a podcast. Most of them are dynamic. Although the blue Yeti is again, used often, um, erroneously. I would say,
0: (laughs) I think I I wonder if it's the design. I I wonder if people kind of liked the look and.
1: Oh, it's a cool mic. It's It's a cool cool looking looking mic. mic. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, sure. I, you know, I don't blame people for, you know, case in point, I I don't blame people for buying things that look cool.
0: (laughs) Right, That's awesome.
1: But you got to know your own space. So if your space is not sound treated, a condenser mic of any kind is not going to do you any favors because it's going to pick up everything. That's the whole point of a condenser mic. It picks up the nuances of your voice. That's why voice actors use condenser mics, because they just give you much more nuance in the voice that you're hearing that you can put on your production, whatever it is.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: if you don't have a sound st- treated space, I would really advise against getting a condenser mic. And in that case, you're probably looking, I mean, you can spend a lot on a dynamic mic. You can, but you don't have to. You know, sure. Like, you know, the one that you're using right now, yeah. sure, sure has great products. Yeah, there's all sorts of them out there, and you do not have to spend. You don't have to spend more than a hundred dollars if you don't right. want to.
0: Right, exactly. Um,
1: yep. b- but yeah, just something. You know, like if you're going to do a podcast or if you're going to interview people, have a microphone. <laughs> don't just use your computer mic. <laughs> that's, right. that's just not good for anybody. And try not to use a headset either, because those just You can't pull them. I mean, you can, I guess, but they stay at the same spot all the time. So they have a tendency to be very hot, very loud and like over gained, I guess. So that can be a problem. And it may cut out the room noise, but your audio will sound maybe a little muffled, maybe a little too loud, you know, People have experimented with lapel mics. There's all sorts of interesting things to do out there. So try it out. See what works in your space because everyone's space is different. And if you're going to sound treat it, then that's fantastic. And then maybe you can use a condenser mic.
0: (laughs) Right. And that that leads me to that question, sound treated. So what should people be thinking about in the space where they're going to be doing the recording?
1: Less high ceilings, Mm. less hard surfaces. So, if you can put soft surfaces like a blanket or something over some surface that you're on, maybe the desk, or you can drop your ceiling like there are there are ways that people can like make i guess padded what would you call them like booms almost they're like uh and they just like hang from the ceiling and you can sort of make yourself a bit of a lower ceiling where you're standing. When I was doing voiceovers in the very beginning, I rigged up Ikea curtain rods in a square around me and put moving curtains on grommets and just would put them around me when I was working and take them out when I wasn't. And it worked really well for the first couple of years of voiceover for me because you know, you do with what you have (laughs) and it, it worked really well. So yeah, just lower ceilings, less hard surfaces, probably not a good idea to face a window you can put foam up. But it really, it depends. It depends on what your means are, it depends on whether this is a permanent space or whether it's going to be temporary, you know, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I've heard people recording, you know, they do their recordings in their closets and things like this as well. Which,
1: Yeah, they do it in the closet because the clothes muffle all of the reflective sounds. So you want less reflection. Now, I mean, for someone who's doing voiceover for what I do, it's uh that booth is dead. Like it is just inside there, there are no hard surfaces at all. And it's just completely a dead environment. So that everything that my audio engineers and the people on the other end receiving my audio that they're getting is only my voice with no color of the environment on it.
0: It's a pure so pure voice.
1: Pure voice. Yeah. So that what they get is something that they can work with in post because the less coloring you've done to it the easier it is for people to do what they want to it on the other end
0: right uh, so that leads me to the question what sort of things should be pe- people be aware of what are the kind of what are the kind of in eh, you know, a red flag warning or
1: uh you need to be able to speak authentically again right you need to be able to you probably if you're doing an intro and outro need to be able to read a script without sounding like you're reading mhm so that's number one. <laughs> okay. It can sound any way you want, but if it sounds like you're reading, no one's going to pay attention and they're going to switch it off immediately. And that's going to be the first thing they hear every time they listen to your podcast. <laughs> so keep right. that in mind, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, what impression that do you want to make? That might make?
0: be the only thing they hear. Exactly. <laughs> you
1: know yes. Right. So what right. impression do you want to make on your professional organization of someone outside listening to what you are presenting and do you feel you have the know-how to do that and Mm -hmm. if you do by all means go ahead if you don't there are many professionals out there that can help
0: right Um, and if you were to hire a professional voiceover how do you select someone
1: that is a good question and i think it really depends on what kind of a business you are Even within the real estate market, there are different real estate agents, different real estate agencies, different types of services that can be offered to people in that industry. And everyone has their unique feel for it. So, you know, at the basics, are you really casual? Are you very formal? Do you use contractions? Do you not use contractions? Things like this. What is the sound that goes with your brand? do you have a visual brand? If you have a visual brand, have you thought about the audio brand? What audio goes with that visual?
0: How do you make that connection between visual and audio or or try to determine what a visual or what an audio brand goes with that visual?
1: It's a good question. And that's what audio branding companies do all day, every day. (laughs) Right. And in fact, here's one of the problems. People think about their visual before they even consider their audio at all. And so they've already got this visual representation and they haven't given any thought to the audio. And so, yeah, it is kind of like trying to fit a a square peg into a round hole. Like sometimes it can be like that. So finding that right combination, it can be tricky. And that's why people hire companies like that. But I think the, the very basics of it, and um, I think that I passed on a PDF to you that might help a little mm-hmm. bit. So that PDF goes through the questions that you might ask yourself to determine your audio brand. And a lot of it is marketing 101 that people will be familiar with on the visual side, but they haven't thought of asking it for the audio. Mm. And I'm just sort of asking people to consider the audio portion of that.
0: Right. And it, and it goes beyond voice, doesn't it? As you've said, it's, you know, it's What what music do you use? If yeah, yeah. Anything from music intro for a podcast, but it could be whole music for a telephone system or.
1: Or for uh, a video I- on your website or for, yeah, like the beginning of a podcast. I mean, at the very least, think about certain objects in your visual logos that may have an audio representation. Like, what does the sun sound like? What does yellow sound like? Do you know what I mean? Like these, these are things to consider that maybe someone else could help you brainstorm on. But, you know, what does the ocean sound like? How does that musically represent itself? The waves or the hiss of that uh, wave coming up on sand or, you know, these are, they could be calming. It could be a calming thing as opposed to, An upbeat happy thing like the sun you know like some some colors evoke happier or sad or sedate or peaceful or there's certain colors have certain associations with them in that respect and so if you look at it emotionally you can decide what that might be an equivalent for on the audio side
0: yeah it's just got me thinking because if you think um if i think of like, so a property management company, for example, you know, the brand that they probably want to represent is, you know, we'll take care of everything. You don't have to worry. So that kind of calm, stress-free, let us handle everything. So then that leads to, a, you know, what kind of color might that be? So that might be a, you know, a, calming, a calming blue or green or something. And then, And then, yeah, you could, and then think about sound.
1: And you can mix sounds right. too you don't have to use one sound. You can mix a bunch of them in there and it could go from a sound to a musical piece. It could, like there's all sorts of ways that this can work. And also once you've chosen these things, they can be updated. They don't have to remain the same forever. Uh, Like visual branding, it can change over time. And it just depends. It depends on what you feel is important to you as the person who's going to have this audio brand with you for a while
0: Mm -hmm. and should you be thinking different audio for or different audio branding for different mediums so you know a youtube video is that different from what you might post on facebook if you were posting just an audio clip or
1: you know it needs to have things that are similar Mm -hmm. and probably you can get away with using very similar audio from one medium to the other the thing you need to keep paying attention to is how it's going to sound out of those speakers so for instance if your brand is being heard over alexa what is that going to sound like and again that is very much what audio branding companies talk about there's a company that i actually just interviewed they're called sonic signatures and they're in cleveland mm-hmm. and they actually have a couple of people, one in particular who's worked in the video game industry, and he pays very close attention to how these things sound over different mediums. So you may not necessarily change the actual sound, but you may change the processing of it, put it that way.
0: Okay. So that then starts to really get quite technical, potentially.
1: It can, but again, it doesn't have to. I mean, are these people as big as Apple, you know, like, are these people GE? <laughs> you know, like, are they MasterCard? You know, <laughs> maybe not. So they don't need to worry about as many aspects of all of that because those people have so many touch points.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you see, where do you see podcasts going as an example? I mean, you mentioned Clubhouse and, and Twitter spaces as well. Where is audio heading? Where do you think?
1: I think it's going to be much more important in our lives. It is important in our lives, but I think that we haven't given it its due, and it's coming to a point where you're not going to be able to ignore it. And we're going to have to pay attention to good sounds and bad sounds, because noise pollution is also something else that we need to worry about. So these are things that really haven't come up until, I mean, they have, but they've kind of bubbled beneath the surface, let's say. And what tends to happen is when advertising gets a hold of something it becomes a going concern
0: <laughs> right right
1: so so advertising has been talking about audio branding for a while now and it's starting to permeate the general culture
0: right what about uh, in terms of audio for other forms what other things could audio be used for when you're representing your you know, if it was talking about a very small business solopreneur or just a few employees in the real estate space how how else could they potentially use audio
1: well for instance my voice is used for instruction videos on a mortgage company's website right Right. so instruction helping the client understand what you do and how you can help them i mean that's huge that so have a video or two or three (laughs) you know keep them short they don't need to be long but just to give people a calming sensation of when they are working with you, they are taken care of, (laughs) you know, and you could have little ads in your on hold that talk about that kind of thing as well. Just putting people's minds at ease is a big thing of all of this, but at the same time, it's also not making it complicated. So keep it simple. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah, if it, I guess if people have got to click three things and download it and then listen to it, then that's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really not. No. So it right. needs to be something that they can just go to your website and click and it's there. And yeah, the the voice or the music that you're going to use on these types of videos needs to be soothing, calming, or at least relatable. Because right. like there are younger brands that are anything but soothing, but they're definitely relatable to the people listening to them. You know, so it really depends on who your audience is and what your brand is, and everyone's brand is different.
0: Absolutely. And what about things like voice inflection, accents? What are the things that people need to consider from that element?
1: Well, I mean, accents are, you know, I would say keep it local if you can, if you want to. But, you know, sometimes an accent is nice to listen to because it's different and it'll make you pay attention. So I know a lot of American companies that use UK accents on their (laughs) videos and all of that kind of stuff because it just sounds a little more highbrow. (laughs) We know we know
0: what we're talking about. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we we automatically know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's all there, but you know, like I know people who use an Australian accent because they just think it sounds friendlier. You know, there's like all of these different aspects of who you are and who your company is, and who your audience is. Who are you trying to reach? What do you think will impress itself on them? Because right. it's not all about you. It's also right. about who your your people are, right? Like who, who are the people who will want your service?
0: Yeah. And I, I think you underlined at the beginning there as well, you know, keeping it local. So if you're a local real estate investor or agent, then using, if you're in Canada, in Toronto, for example, Using an American accent or uh, something else may not be the thing that people would
1: We can't tell the difference, I'm going to tell you, Paul. (laughs) Seriously, we don't care. It's the Americans that care about the Canadian accent. (laughs) Okay. From what I've experienced in voiceover, I have found that most of the people that I work with are Americans. So Mm. I've managed to, you know, lessen my Canadianisms a little more. But I still get hired in Canada because they don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that's just been my experience. I'm certain that other people, their mileage may vary, but that's been what I've experienced.
0: What other advice do you have uh, when it comes to audio and particularly uh, with your expertise in, in voice?
1: Well, I mean, what emotions does it evoke? Really think about this in an emotional context, because that's why you use audio. You use audio to make an emotional connection and we don't buy things based on logic. We buy based on emotion. (laughs) So that's why it's so important in advertising and in marketing and in just about everything you put out there, because otherwise you're not really making that emotional connection. I mean, think about it this way. Also, if you're watching a movie and you can see the picture, but you turn off the sound. If you're watching a horror movie, for instance, like I'm not a big horror fan, right? But if I have to watch a horror movie, I'll turn off the sound. Because then I can just watch it and it won't make any impression on me at all. Right. <laughs> right? Like I, okay, it happened. I can see what's happening. The plot's this. Okay. Stab stab. Okay. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> right. Okay. But if I'm listening to the music, it draws me in. And it scares the crap out of me,
0: <laughs> or the occasional scream, or something. Or the occasional yeah.
1: scream makes you jump. Exactly, like that's how they get you, right? They don't. It's not. I mean, yes, it can be with the the visuals, but it's more often with the audio than because at the same time you're seeing that person pop out of nowhere, you're getting this jolt in the in the music, right? Or some sound, you know, like the like the the eh, eh, eh of the, you know, like Psycho, right? <laughs> Right. So like, like this all it's so powerful and we pay so much attention to it because we are biologically made to pay attention to it. If you didn't pay attention to the sound around you, you got trampled. You got killed. Like right. this is if you the didn't hear the, the saber-toothed tiger, right. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. you weren't getting away. <laughs> right. So yeah, we've evolved to become like that.
0: And that's and that's why podcasting, I think, is such an unusual medium, isn't it? Because it's, it is the only one. If you're not doing a video podcast, then it is the only medium where you're right in that person's head. And that's what they're... And even, as you said earlier, even though people are doing other things whilst they're listening to podcasts mm-hmm. very often. And it's fact, very personal. It, yeah, it's very personal. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So for instance, I do ads for Pandora and Sirius XM and iHeart. And all of these have their podcasting networks, and they put things through to people who are listening to things very individually in their own ears. So the type of voice that you would use for that kind of advertising is very personal. It's very real. And it has to be because the minute you hear something like that in your ear the way that you hear on a podcast if it doesn't sound real you know it right and you know it immediately <laughs> right. so that's another thing to pay attention to for your real estate folks who are thinking of creating a podcast if you can't speak personally to one person while you're doing that podcast if you can't make it sound real like that then maybe you're not the person who should be doing it.
0: It comes back to your comment earlier about persona picking somebody that you're speaking to versus
1: Yeah, definitely it's on a it, stage. Yeah, it is very personal, especially with podcasting. So yeah, it can get away with impersonal a little bit in advertising, depending on where it is. You know, but when you're talking to someone directly into their ears, you can't do that.
0: You can't hide. Yeah,
1: no. True. No, it's hard. it's a lot harder
0: a couple of questions i like to ask my guests do you have a favorite personal brand and why
1: you know i had to think about this one and and it was something that struck me as uh, obvious and when i thought about it it was the first thing that came to mind marie forleo do you know who she is
0: Mm -hmm. I do. okay yeah
1: okay so marie forleo is one of those persons that i have been following for a long long time and i have seen her evolution from not the very beginning because i I, you know i didn't see a lot of her early stuff but from probably four years ago something like that so i've seen it evolve over time and what i've seen is that she has been authentically herself during that whole thing Mm -hmm. in that when she talks to people she relates her own experiences and she doesn't try to make it out like she's perfect or that she has it all figured out or anything like that. So she's very relatable and the brand that she has going on is also very relatable. So there's a whole bunch of smiling faces on the page. It's a pink and a gray color scheme, mostly with like black for, for some emphasis. And it really, it's soothing and a little bit fun just at the same time, which Mm -hmm. I think is kind of what she's going for, but. Her teaser trailers for Marie TV are some of them are hilarious. <laughs> so I just have really liked and admired her brand for a very long time, and I love the the fonts that she uses on the page. Uh, you there's videos and audio all over the page if you want to click on anything, and it just it made a really nice impression on me and was very pleasant to stay on for a while.
0: Yeah, that's a really good. I'm talking example. about her website. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's a yeah. very good example. Yeah, I, I probably was aware of her. Yeah, before that, and yeah, it's amazing. What I mean, now she has obviously a multi-seven-figure business and yeah, very successful, and still, but still probably grounded, and as you say, still has fun and still admits, yeah, I don't have it all figured out. So
1: yeah, very much so, and actually, she's continued it through the pandemic, which I've been really appreciative of, and I think a lot of people have, and she's. Kind of learned how to do Zoom, you know, discussions with people, and has the right lighting, and and has a nice background, and has a good mic, and is always perfectly, you know, quaffed. (laughs) Oh my god! I have to say, I hate her.
0: I hate her. I love her hair.
1: (laughs) She has the most gorgeous hair, like ever. (laughs) I don't know how she manages it, but wow. Anyway, so yeah, it's one of those things that I just, I really appreciate. And the fact that she pivoted while the pandemic was going on really says a lot to how powerful that brand is because her brand really didn't change during that entire time.
0: That's clever. What about a favorite business book or podcast?
1: Uh, Okay, well, I have a few, uh, but I would say anything by Seth Godin right there. Everything is outable by Marie Forleo. She's, she's really put it down on paper and put her money where her mouth is. And it's a good book. So mm. I do highly recommend it. As for podcasts, every morning I listen to something called Total Life Freedom by Vincent mm. Puglisi. And it's a five to eight minute long, usually, him speaking talking about how you can find more time and money freedom in your life. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because he has a very interesting background. And again, like Marie Forleo, he never says he's perfect (laughs) and and relates very interesting and fun stories. And he was actually a sports photographer for a great number of years. So he has some really interesting stories about celebrities that can be very interesting. Uh, fascinating to hear as well and he and his wife had a wedding photography business going for a while before he switched into what he's doing now so it was it was just very fascinating to see his evolution and how he put that to you know the whole premise of his of his podcast to work for his own stuff
0: hmm.
1: and helps other people do it now so
0: i think the listeners will like that one total mm-hmm. Life freedom is a big thing for the real estate. Uh,
1: yeah. So time and money freedom, basically helping people go from the nine to five to being self employed, but also stuff in between there, you know, like right. once you're self employed, how do you avoid not becoming a workaholic? <laughs> right, That kind right. of thing. Good. I need help with that one. <laughs>
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that one out for sure. Yeah. Me too. And what about a favorite uh, tool or resource that you're currently enjoying? I'm
1: going to go in two directions on this one. One very old and one quite new. So my old tool that I really adore is Gmail. (laughs) (laughs) I just have to say, I love Gmail. I can access it from anywhere. The snooze function saves my bacon so many times, I got to say, because I'm one of those people who really hates having too many things in my inbox. It makes me anxiety ridden. It gives me stress if I see too much stuff in my inbox. So if I can put it off to the day when I'll actually need it, (laughs) oh my goodness, that's helpful. (laughs) So yeah, and then I don't have to remember it. The system remembers it. It's there. And I use Gmail and I use Google Calendar in conjunction with each other. So it works really well. But recently I had occasion to start using Trello. I have a social media manager And she uses this with all of her clients and wanted to get me on there. And I spent, I think, probably a half an hour on it, like Mm -hmm. last night, and figured it out. I mean, it's pretty easy. It's pretty intuitive. And what I love about it is that it gives you the ability to check off things, which is very satisfying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How many of us are listening and saying... Okay. Yeah. I even put things on just to check them off, even mm-hmm. though I've already done them. Yes. Guilty. But. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. It's super satisfying. So we're going to be using that from now on. And I really am impressed with Trello. Hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah. And do you have a favorite quote?
1: I do. And it kind of relates to Rocky. <laughs> it's not of Rocky, but I think when I say the quote, you'll know what I mean. Success is not final. Failure is not final. It is the courage to continue that counts. Winston Churchill. So I really like that quote. And Rocky keeps getting up, even (laughs) after he gets pounded into the ground, keeps getting up.
0: (laughs) Fall down seven, fall down seven, get up up eight. Exactly.
1: Yes. So you never know how close you are to the breakthrough. Now, that's not to say that if you are dreading the success of something that you shouldn't call it quits, (laughs) because if you don't want what comes of the success, then maybe that's not what you want to be doing. (laughs) Right. Right. But if you really, truly want something desperately, really, really badly, don't give up. Mm. Because it's the person who sticks around its tenacity that's going to get you there.
0: Great point. Very great point. How can people find out more about you, Jody? You mentioned the resource which we'll definitely put in the show notes thank you for that
1: well my website is at voiceoversandvocals.com so that's my voiceover services so you can see all of that there and for the audio branding podcast you can go to audiobrandingpodcast.com wow and uh, i have clubhouse rooms every wednesday at 2 p.m eastern and we talk about all sorts of things having to do with the power of sound. I have a Facebook group that also is called The Power of Sound. And just kind of go from, from there. Yeah.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing your insights and expertise today. Thank you we for letting you... me
1: blab on <laughs> <laughs> for a long time.
0: <laughs> That's great. It's perfect. It's perfect. So we wish you a fantastic day. Thank you. Thanks. Well, was that brandtastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business? So get to it. And if you're wondering where your real estate investing brand currently stands and some steps to make it more brandtastic, you can download our free REI brand checklist at reibranded.com forward slash checklist. That's reibranded.com forward slash checklist. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day.